How Are You is a new podcast brought to you by Pedestrian and Kids Helpline, talking all things youth mental health. Kids Helpline is Australia's only free, confidential, 24-7 online and phone counselling service for children and young people up to 25. Hello and welcome to episode 7 of How Are You? I'm Marty Smiley, your host for Pedestrian's newest podcast and video series talking about all things youth mental health. On today's episode, we're going to be talking about love and dating. We're going to make this the least soppy that we can because love or not having love in your life can be a a serious thing. So today we're going to look for it in all the right places. Before we crack into our interviews, we did stop some pedestrians and ask them this time, what makes you anxious about love? When it's someone new, of course it's you know, it's wrapped up with so many things. You don't know the person. You don't know if your personality is going to match. But, well, for me, it's even more difficult because I was in a relationship for like seven years before this. So, yeah, I do get anxious when I have to see new people. So thinking that I'm going to meet someone that I have no idea who they are, that's where it kind of makes me a little bit anxious. You know, I think the times when you're single, you definitely kind of, well, for me, I have you know a bit of anxiety, like meeting people like on a first date, things like that, because I've uh, been in long relationships all my life. So uh, when there was a period where I did have to meet people, it was kind of like new to me, and um, yeah, I guess it's uh, you get it, that kind of uh, anxiety up until the date, and once you meet them, it's usually fine. Yeah, I guess the rejection factor, just like anyone, no one likes being rejected. So yeah, definitely can make you feel overwhelmed and. Do you prefer meeting people online or in person? Uh, definitely in person. I've done the online thing before. Um, definitely works, but I've moved more to in person. I um, feel like it sort of creates a different space and it's sort of a bit more real. Um, and yeah, I feel like it works better. In person, for sure. In person. In person. Uh, in person. Uh, I prefer meeting people in person. In person. Definitely in person, yeah. I don't like the whole online game. It's now time for the check-in. My guest this episode is Emily Paulo. If this was a dating app, her bio would read, vivacious, passionate, I'm a people person. You'd be impressed by what she's done. She's the founder of Collective Potential, which is a well-being social enterprise. Yet still... Unless something's changed that I don't know about, she's still looking for the one. Welcome to the show, Emily Paulo. That's such a great intro. You like that? Yeah, that sounds awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it does beg the question then, why have I got you on here to talk about love and relationships? Uh, That's a good question. Um, I do coach people individually and a lot of the time people need to change their mindset around what they want in their life. They're either stuck, they feel broke um, in their career, they don't know where they're heading, but a lot of the time it's also just self-love that they're coming to me for. You know, sex is this awkward taboo conversation. Yeah. Whereas love is really gets down to your values and makes you vulnerable to have that Yeah, uh, it's so vulnerable. It can be so vulnerable. And, you know, there's a lot of people out there who are studying vulnerability right now, like Brene Brown's a social researcher, and she's making it kind of cooler to talk about vulnerable topics but love it's the core of who we are Marty and it's always going to be a hot topic no matter what Um, and it's it's vulnerable but it makes our the world go round you know like it's part of who we are 
every relationship we have is based on love or heartache or heartbreak, right? And so I love love um, on every level. I think it is incredibly important. Where did you first witness it or experience it? Oh, good question. Where did I first point? I think, um, I guess it was my parents, you know, I'm half Polynesian, half Aussie, Polynesian Bogan. And so you've got this beautiful love between an ethnic man um, down in the 60s versus um, um, uh, my mum was white. And it was actually really hard for them to, people were kind of against my mum marrying a, a brown man. So they would actually tell us a lot how important our family was and and how much they doted on each other. Like, as you get older, I didn't even... I don't even think about my parents like that back then, but I, I can see it now of how much they loved each other and how difficult it was at the same time. But they, that's where it started. Other than that, my cat Monty was pretty important to me. <laughs> <laughs> are, you're, are you in a relationship? Is love central to, to you, you know, where, where are things at? 100%. Like, I think I've, I'm 38 now and it's actually been really difficult for me with love like I've got a whole heap of resistance over the years for it and I'm pretty vocal about it and plus you know my friends observe it too they're like why aren't you in love you're amazing I'm like that's what I keep telling them all Marty you know (laughs) but um it is a it's a cool conversation there's a lot of pressure often with single people right especially single women who are career focused and you know changing the world yeah where's the time for me to fall in love when that pressure comes uh do you how how do you respond to it oh i hate it it's actually really awkward when people are like do you have a boyfriend or a girlfriend or you know whatever you want to call it and i do initially it's like no i don't because i've got i guess the word is a wound like i've actually found relationships difficult because i've got childhood trauma and that's something that doesn't always get spoken about, but it's it's quite apparent how it's been difficult for me to trust men mm. in my lifetime. And so there's one part of me that when someone asks it, I hate it. But the at 38, I've also just really learned how to just surrender. It could be seen as a really woo-woo word, but when you're in a relationship, you have to give and receive. And I generally think that it was really difficult for me to receive that love. You with me? I'm with you. So, your childhood trauma has made it hard for you to receive love in successive relationships that you've had in yeah, your life. It has, and it plays out. And those partners you've had, have they been able to understand that? Some of them have. Like, um, there's um, a few that were really amazing in healing that that inability to be loved. Um, and I'd, you know, I'd run off and disappear and they'd be like where have you gone why are you not loving me back and I was just scared so some of them were amazing with me and really taught me to to accept it and to not make it fear-based and yeah so I smile at um, how grateful I am for those beautiful relationships too. Do you ever feel like sometimes uh, when you are going through the woods single that what is the point of even trying to find love? I mean, do we have to love? Yeah, I think we do have to love. And if you meet people who say, I'm not into it, you've got to really ask them to, you know, do some work on themselves because I don't believe you can go through this life without love. You must meet people who have maybe given up. Totally, all the time. And why have they given up? Um, They're so hurt. They feel betrayed. Like, there's these universal language, like, 
they felt disrespected and loyalty and you know there's a lot of conversation around mental health and uh, domestic violence so you can see that now it's becoming more apparent that people need to do some work on themselves or they'll end in that spectrum so I get a lot of it yeah and what do you say to those people uh, I'll go one example um, I think a matter of I say to a lot of people which I think is a really interesting process you're not allowed to date anybody for three to six months or even consider getting on a, a dating app you're not allowed to go anywhere near um, conversations with your friends where you're whinging about being um, single. single. Um, you have to go and hang out with uh, uh, couples that are actually really role modelling what love is about for you. Yeah, that's a good one. I haven't heard that one before. Because people have this thing in, you know, some I st- I've also studied and worked with um, a beautiful woman called Emma Power who's like this relationship sexuality coach. And in Tantra, which often gets confused that Tantra is about sex, um, it's actually about relationship. So she spoke a lot about that you have to have resonance and you'll meet someone at a time in your life where they resonate with you, which is your values and the, and the life you're living. So when I work with people who, aren't, um, who are desperately searching for love, that's within them. They can't. So that's why I'm like, slow down, wait till you've got time to spend with yourself, get to know yourself, what you love, what you don't love, and it just cre- creates an equilibrium of them seeing their life as perfect and grateful and they appreciate it. And then they can ke- go back out there. <laughs> so when someone jumps straight into another relationship, in t- in, uh, this is probably a small percentage. I know people who jump straight from one love to another, and that's great because they really know their values. They really have a s- healthy sense of self, and so they meet someone straight away. Like That's cool resonance. They're, they're finding love, but when it, I think it is an unhealthy wound when they're trying to fill that with someone else's love. Oh, they don't want to be alone. They, and, you know, loneliness is one of the biggest issues, the biggest kill- killers in our country right now, a sense of loneliness. We've got f- television, internet, you know, you hear the story all the time, but it is a, a massive disconnection. That's what loneliness is. And the person who is struggling, I think, with love has a disconnect to themselves, to their values, to their friends and families. So I hear what you're saying. I just think, you know, we have apps now that can restore that sense of loneliness we have. (laughs) They can just get on there, you know, swipe a couple of times, boom, you're on a date. I mean, if you're, if anyone who's been on these dating apps, no, you, the scroll is yeah. the ultimate the loneliness. Yeah. Oh, dopamine hit. Oh, I've got it. Like that's a massive ding, part. Ding, ding, ding. You know, you are. That's creating a uh, a bliss. Like it's a love potion, dopamine. Yeah. So, you know, it's one thing to have your, you know, your high levels of testosterone or estrogen is what's creating actually your sex drive you need that it creates babies that's how we focus but dopamine hits combined with the adrenaline of dating apps mate it's a recipe for disaster it is for some people i mean can you really you know find meaningful relationships through these things uh if anything, they seem like a major deterrent for anything long term. Yeah. Like my best friend, I was at their wedding just last week right. who met on a dating app and they love each other. Like it's to me, I got to be their MC for the wedding and I was just like, This is amazing. Like Technology brought you together. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, it does work, of course it does. But again, 
uh, if it's for some people, it's unhealthy, and God knows I've been there. Mm. Do you believe? Okay. In what? a soulmate. Yes. Or is it a fantasy we've been sold? I definitely believe it can be a fantasy that people live by and because they're sort of sucked in. I do think what I've discovered is you can have soul have a soulmate, but it doesn't mean that's the person you end up with. Sure. And I think that happens a lot. Does that make sense? You can have more than one. Yep. And I think that you can really be so into a person, but life you know i'm already thinking about one that you know you don't always end up with them but you'll always remember them have i seen people who i look at and think you two are soulmates destined and everyone around them thinks oh, i wish i could have that mm. we don't know what's going on behind the scenes of course mm-hmm. you know, i'm sure they go through their own challenges yeah yeah like gritting their teeth like Ah, oh, you guys are great. Yeah. i'm so happy are you <laughs> yeah, <I'm> so happy. <laughs> uh what are some common misconceptions about like what are some common things you hear in your coaching sessions where people are just getting this thing wrong about love they have this expectation Such a that good question. it's not met uh my first instinct is to say that the greatest misconception is is that um love is going to be the answer to all of their needs um and in a way be prepared for it to hurt because I've always thought, I know that love is like the sum of um, pain and joy in happiness. So you have that with a relationship, like you go through both and then that's what love is. Like it actually has a painful edge as much as it has a happy edge. So if I notice people like he did this or she did that and they're expecting them not to get hurt and that the person is like going to be this knight in shine, shining armour or some princess that they've always wanted so second thing um you've really got to find the difference between with love of are you projecting or observing love there's a if you think about self-awareness you have a need and so you can project that on a person and when they don't meet your need that's you being like oh i wanted that and you didn't give it to me but what if you could slow it down as much as you can and observe the behaviour, that you needed something, but what is that in you needs to get that and then work through it yourself and observe it. But as soon as you make it the other person's um, issue, I think in a really boring, almost therapeutic way, love is when two people meet each other's needs. And so one of the biggest misconceptions are that you can't be giving that to yourself. So you need to be able to slow it down and observe what needs they have and give to them. Do you have any, you know, for someone who's listening who really does struggle with love, do you have any advice for them to help them maybe let it into their lives? That if you just let go and have faith in what's going to occur in your life, a deep surrender, you're not resisting anything. Does that make sense? Are you with me? So I think that someone who's really struggling is like really resisting. And when you resist, that persists in your life. So what do you need to let go of? What do you need to surrender to? Is it a fear? Is it a, um, a dream? You know, if you're trying to control your life. And if we were taught from a really young age how to surrender, I think it would be really easy for people to be in better relationships or healthier ones. Um, so they're not, I don't know going down a path where they're struggling. 
For sure. I th- I th- if you think about it, control is such a key aspect of what creates a power imbalance in a relationship between men and women. Mm-hmm. Often it's the men who are doing the controlling. And that's really hard to see when you're being controlled. And the controller doesn't may not realise that they, f- they fear powerlessness. Uh, or not being in that mode, or they don't know how to be a- any other way. Maybe they've seen it, you know, mimicked it. Maybe they're mimicking what they've seen in an earlier mm. uh, relationships, or they've learnt it from their parents. Absolutely, they have. It's a um, learnt behaviour, always is from your parents, which you have to learn to surrender, let go. Imagine, yeah, we'd see a huge change in the dynamics around family violence. So, yeah, that's a big one for me. I don't think I think you nailed it there too. You've the real impact of that. Mm. Got to surrender and let love in. Yeah, you do. And it's so like, you know, like talk about people who love taking drugs. Like when you surrender, whether that be in beautiful connected sex, which I don't think even young people get to see it or learn or be educated on what surrendering is during a beautiful moment of sexual intimacy. Yeah, because there's first times they see pornographic images and... Videos, it's often on the front page of Pornhub, which is most commonly aggressive sex. Yeah, yeah. Um, And I think people know it, but that's what also the surrender is. Why my second thing would be if you could really train or teach young people what surrender is when it comes to sexual, their sexuality, their intimacy, their sensual sensual self. Like people, like what? Don't slow touch me. That's weird. You're being a creep. But in fact, it's a really important part of who we are as humans to slow down. I'm caressing your arm, but you're attracted to me right now. I feel it. (laughs) You know, so I do think, yeah, those two things in surrender in yourself with life and then being able to have a more sensual intimacy in relationships is important. Like that's depth of relationship. If someone's inspired by your voice... Love seeing you uh, today. Is Natural. there somewhere they can get in touch with you? Yeah, of course. Um, we have a social enterprise called Collective Potential. Yep. I mean, personally. Oh, right. Oh, four, <laughs> oh, three. <laughs> I'm 38. I like long walks on the beach. Oh, thank you so much for joining me today. Marty, it was such a cool convo. I really loved it. How Are You is brought to you by Kids Helpline. Australia's only free, confidential, 24-7 online and phone counselling service for young people. Now it is time for On The Line with our Kids Helpline expert, Josie. Thanks for joining us again. Good to be here. We're talking about love and relationships on this episode. Is that a common thing that Young people are concerned by when they give you a call? Yeah, most definitely. So probably from about 14, 15 years up, all the way up to 25, it is something that we hear about and it's something that young people are navigating and grappling with and still trying to understand all the time. Yeah, I mean, what's a common complaint about about love and attraction? I guess it's sort of trying to figure out what people expect from relationships, what they want, how they view relationships if they feel comfortable, what their boundaries are. So that's always a spot that we we can get into and sort of start to navigate. What about someone just asking, why does no one love me? That's definitely one as well. And that's one that sort of links in to a lot of deeper questions, right? Because that's about 
self-image and how they view themselves, self-worth, 100%. Self-esteem is a really big factor when we're looking at relationships and we're looking at the people around us and how they value us and what they show us. Um, And it is something that, you know, people put themselves out there and face extreme rejection and get knocked back and don't feel like they're having the same relationships and connections that other people are. And that can be a really hard thing to feel that judgment or that comparison to other people. Even just like love online, Mm -hmm. you know, how to navigate rejection in those spaces. Yeah, definitely. And it's a really interesting space to think about in terms of self-esteem. And I think um, when you really break down communication online, there's this weird thing that happens where because you don't have someone physically in front of you talking to you, you sort of apply your own judgments or your own expectations to what they've said, what they've written. And so we find that people internalize the messages that they're getting and maybe are interpreting them with their own judgments or their own expectations or with their own negative self-view. So someone may have written something, you know, pretty pretty standard without, you know, those, um, those undertones. But because you're reading it and you've got this spiraling thought going in your brain about your self-worth or how you're feeling or not feeling valued, then you get that message and it can sometimes sort of prove that point. Do you f- get a sense that from the people that do call in, there's a resistance to open themselves up to the idea of romantic relationships because of, you know, like Emily kind of brought up, past trauma, past experiences and history they've had with people they've been in relationships with? 100%. And that can be past romantic relationships, family relationships, um, past friend relationships as well it can you know the more and more rejection or difficulty or trauma that you face the more walls can build up Um, and that can make entering into a new situation or a scary situation quite difficult so it definitely is a theme dating is really it's building a relationship it's starting to get to know someone and if you think about all of the relationships or the friendships that you have in your life they all started from a point of getting to know each other, figuring out, you know, do you have similar interests? Are you on the same page when it comes to your views and your personalities and how you approach things? And so I think sometimes we forget that building a relationship in a romantic space is much the same. And so sometimes maybe we forget <clears throat> to kind of lock in on that stuff and to to take the time to, to build that friendship, that base, that common understanding, and then figure out what's happening next. Well... Thank you again for you. joining us. You better get back to your desk at Kids Helpline. Yep. If you want to find out more about any of the topics that we've discussed on today's show, you can head to kidshelpline.com.au or for any time, any reason, contact them on one 800 You can also hit them up on web chat. Now, next time, we're probably going to have one of the hardest conversations we've had on the show. And it's kind of fitting because we've left it to the – very final episode talking about toxic relationships. If you do want to hear about all the other podcasts that Pedestrian is doing, they have the Pedestrian Podcast Network. You can get it. You've got to subscribe to it on iTunes, YouTube, and Spotify, or where all other podcasts, all the good ones, are found.